Hey there, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to let you know about is a brand new podcast, a podcast that I was lucky enough to be guest number one. It is called Resilient Real Estate Investing. Do me a favor, go check it out. Just in the last couple of weeks, not only has my episode aired, but you heard from a syndicator who spent eight years in prison. You've heard from a movie theater operator who has had their side hustle produce 20 properties. Future episodes will record around the Roofstock's head coach, a college student evaluating properties, and of course, an army recruiter who discovered private money. Again, do me a favor, check out Resilient Real Estate Investing. On with the show. Folks, last week we were lucky enough to speak with Lance Lambert from Fortune Magazine about the most important metric in the housing market that no one talks about. And that is inventory, specifically active inventory. He put out a lot of great information here and has since released it on Fortune, a very interactive map uh, that I I just I looked at for hours. So Lance, thank you very much for talking about inventory. How are you doing today? Yeah, doing good. Uh, housing, 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 ready to chat. Yeah. So I spent the last week thinking about inventory because of, of our great conversation last week. And I actually have two different topics. So the first one I have for you is I want to talk about active listings today. And if I were to summarize last week's conversation, inventory is down year on year. Active listings is down year on year, month on month, and week on week. It's just inventory is down. Is that Do I remember that correctly? Uh, inventory, active listings are up year over year, but the past okay. few weeks and month kind of you know went down a little bit. But the, the big story being that new listings, oh, new listings, new listings are down. Yeah. We're down like 17% year over year and inventory's up 40%. Got it. Okay. And, so and the- for those at home, like how can new listings be down and inventory be up? Well, if homes just sit on the market longer and roll into the next month, inventory can rise even though total listings is falling, but that can exactly. only continue as long as demand is contracting really fast. Exactly. Yeah. Days on market is a statistic that I think could easily double over the next 12 months, right? It was historically low. Uh, according to NAR, it went from 18 to 24 and it's going to be, it's going to continue to go up from here. But my question for you is, and it, and it might be something you can research because you have all these great network of housing analysts and people that speak with you is when I look at my buy box, my mm-hmm. area, I have now come to appreciate that probably 20% of the active listings aren't real. Now, what do I mean by that? Mm. What I mean by that is these are active listings that have first and foremost June pricing. So what I've often called wish pricing, they've been on the market 60 days or more and had no price drops. To me, these are listings of home sellers, and I use that term very loosely, because what they what I'm hearing from agents, because I talk to them, is this seller says, hey, if you can get me my price, i.e. June, I will sell, else I'm not moving. Yeah. So technically, it's an active listing. But you and I both know, given the environment that's changed since June, that chances of that selling are not great, especially if it's in the luxury market which is all but yeah. frozen at this point. So I would like to ask you, does that does that make sense? Is that something you think you can dig into 
60 days old, no price drops, because I think this distortion of inventory is starting to age out because we have a lot of these fake listings or, or whatnot. What do you think of all that? Is that just crazy I, I talk? Think that's, I think that's interesting. And I think you hit the nail on the head is where that's going to be as at the top end of the market. Um, luxury. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and that's where things have been hit the most. And, you know, it, it, it's, it has an impact on the data too. Oh, it uh, does. Absolutely. And, and there's two ways. It makes list price look higher because they're becoming a higher share of the listings, but then it makes sales prices look lower because they're becoming a, less of a percentage of sales. Um, so it's creating a lot of noise. And I would I would not be surprised if there's some noise in the inventory data because of it too, because it's yeah, just I, been so hard and it makes yeah. sense. Stop. Yeah, what I are stocks down year over year? Stocks are down like 20%. Yeah. 28% yeah. for this, 22% for yeah, that. Yeah, and then the tech case. side of it, oh, it's 30. 40%, yeah, 34. And and then all the beta and the stupid stuff is 50, 60, 70. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, then you go to Carvana, it's like 99% or something, right? So yeah. yeah. Uh, so again, I think there's a lot of noise. Because again, you brought it to us. I would ask people to go back and look at your playlist. It's called Lance. That's a great playlist. <laughs> That's the title of your playlist. Uh, but people, inventory is a big deal. And I think there's more distortion or noise, as I think, as you called it today. And I, and frankly, I think it grows from here. I think a lot of people sign six-month contracts. A lot of sellers, and again, I use that term loosely, or have, aren't even talking to their agent anymore. But it's it's counted as an active listing. And we'll see days on markets go up. We'll see average prices distort higher. And it's just wild which, to think about. Which I'm fine with, though, too, because even if that's helping to grow inventory as well, in some of the markets where inventory is growing, right? Because yeah. right now things are kind of slipping down a little bit. Uh, it still signals uh, the shift in the marketplace. Um, and, you know, and really what I want to look at now more so, because this year's over, yeah. what's the spring market going to be like? Um, yeah. You know, are have these builders gotten the rate buy downs? Uh, just right. Is that going to bring more people out? Is there going to be more price capitulation, which I think there will be on the new home construction side? Uh, what's the spring market going to look like? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree. So the next thing I did after thinking about the inventory conversation is I asked myself, what has to happen to cause inventory influx, right? For active listings to go up for home sellers to sell more, like more listings. Like I got, I got to sell, I got to get out. Yeah. And I came up with two outcomes. Now I don't think either of these are likely, but I only could think of two things. Otherwise we're going to have a pretty frozen housing market, Yeah, which I think is the leading, leading, uh, I don't know, horse in the race at the moment. Yes. So the first one I came up with is the crash bros are right. Unemployment's going to double. It's going to triple. It's going to happen overnight. We're going to have hundreds of thousands of layoffs come in January and February. Uh, you know, un unemployment will go from three, seven to seven, five, and nobody can find a job. And, you know, all of these crazy things. Yeah. I'm willing to admit that if unemployment doubles or triples and it stays there for a year, that will lead to more listings because people will have to sell. Um, I think people are distorting the fact that unemployment will be a fast adder of listings. But yeah. if it stays elevated for long enough, it will lead to more listings. That's option one. What do you think of that? Uh, yeah. And I, I think uh, I'm not saying that I 
I don't necessarily say that, you know, I agree with Mark Sandy's calls in terms of housing, but I do agree with his framework of housing. And he essentially has it doubling for price, uh, price cuts if unemployment goes over 6%. Uh, now, there's a, there's a reverse thought, which is, okay, that happens, Fed backs off, mortgage rates go maybe under 4 yeah. So that's a bit of a wild card. I I think I agree with Zandy more. I think, you know, now that we've actually seen prices come down a little bit, I think if the economic side of it changed really fast, I think that could change the market in a way that probably pulls prices down more. But I can't ignore the other side of the thought either, which is that mortgage rates would fall really fast. And that yeah. has been the lever that has given us any of these price cuts, right? Because its affordability has just gotten so pressurized because Agreed. you had this huge run up in prices and then uh, a 1981 style mortgage rate shock on top, on top of it in terms of the percentage point shift and totally how fast agree. payments went up. Uh, but yeah, I, I generally agree with uh, that that framework you have. Yeah. So again, I am not calling for this to happen. I'm just trying to play out. I'm trying to Let's ask myself, yeah, what would cause inventory to spike higher and one of the answers I have is the crash bros are right. I will say that all the crash bros that I have heard are their calls for unemployment affecting inventory slash price is too quickly. Housing is an inelastic thing. It is slower moving than they would like, but I agree. Double, triple, stay there a year, problem, right? Maybe not in 2023, but- Okay, if I was going to play devil's advocate with it, right? Awesome. Let, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate there. Please. Um, one reason that a really quick shift in unemployment could lead to a greater shift in housing this time around is because of the remote work side of it. So mm-hmm. employers yeah. do not have leverage to bring employees back into the office. Not but right on my, over at Fortune, I each every three months, I do a Fortune 500 CEO survey and, and interview the executives. And we know they would like people in the office more. Uh, oh yeah, that, there's no, there's no that, question. So let's say the economy shifts fast. Employers finally seize that leverage to bring more back in. Yes. Some people have gotten themselves overextended into the exurbs and remote too far. And if they were the ones to get cut first, maybe that creates a greater inventory shift in the very markets and submarkets that boom the most, right? Um, and maybe yep. that zoom you know, towns. Yep. Yes, exactly. And deep into the exurbs and, you know, the, what would be almost an hour and a half, two hour commute? Those would no, be I, the places. I definitely think there are. Yeah, I think so. First off, I do think remote work went too far. I think it's going to come back if it came back, you know, three or four X quicker and faster than maybe I expect that that could have ripple effects. Absolutely. So I love that devil's advocate. Now, there's only one other thing that I could think of, and I thought about this for f- almost a week, that would cause inventory active listings to spike higher. And you actually hit it in your analysis. And that is the 30-year mortgage rate going sub 4%. Now, again, I'm not calling it for that. back alive the move-up yeah, Exactly. Sellers. The move-up buyer is what is most broken. And the move-up buyer is so important for the housing market because they are two transactions. They are a sale and a purchase. And in order to get this supply lock-in unlocked, 
Is it 5%? I don't think so. Is it four and a half? Uh, maybe. Is it four? Yes. We got to 4%. You got to 4% with two points or buy down or whatever. Yeah. I think the move up buyer comes back. I think they're like, damn it, I've stuck here too long. I want that extra bedroom for my kids. The bunk beds don't work. They make too much noise. We're going to go further. So again, I think something that could unlock the housing market is a 30 yeah. year mortgage at 4%. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that would, uh, well, and that's what we've seen is we've seen as mortgage rates have moved up really high, we reached a certain point where we did start to get some price drops because affordability got so pressurized. And as they started to move up, inventory did begin to move up, right? But at a certain point, new listings went down. And that was like these move up by, we just destroyed the move up market at some point. I don't know exactly where that point was. Might have been four eight, might have been five. You know, it was somewhere yeah, on that somewhere up. on that on that scale. Yeah. Yes, yeah. the move up went down, and uh, it actually slowed inventory growth once mortgage rates got so high. It just, like you said, it froze the market. Yeah. So yeah. again, as I sit here heading into March, you know, again I've called March fifteenth phase three of this. Phase one was demand destruction. Phase two was supply destruction. March fifteenth, we're going to see. At this point, it kind of feels to me. As somebody willing to make a call, we're going to stay frozen. What does that mean? That means total transactions for existing home sales stay plus or minus 4 million. We don't get back to 5 million. Certainly don't get back to six. Uh, I don't see unemployment tripling. I don't see 30 year going below four. So I think next year is just a, a housing market that's stuck in the mud uh, from where I sit. Yeah. And, and no call on my side. No, but, I know. Uh, you don't make calls. I know. Yes. <laughs> But again, it, when you think about inventory, there's only a couple of levers that can really spike inventory. One of them to me is rates, and the other one is creating a lot more motivated sellers by unemployment. I, I just can't I can't think of a third reason. I, I if I had to create another one, it would be and I don't even know if this would work out like this because it might just pull listings back even more. But if there was some type of spring market where, you know, the knife, there was a falling knife in some of these markets, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, and I'm really thinking the markets where we've already kind of gotten some of the falling knife, like Austin, like yeah. somebody coming to the conclusion that eight years from now, I might not be able to get the same price in Austin. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I read your book and there was uh, a bit in there where you talked about the history of markets when prices do begin to fall mm -hmm. and you know it takes a long time to get out of that uh the, the yeah. phoenixes right now in the austins that have moved down this fast uh if there is any more type of falling knife i would suspect the recovery would take a long time and and people have kind of been through that and some of the investor side might realize it in those markets but we'd no. have to go further uh i yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think those markets are there quite yeah. there yet. No, I agree. Lance, I, you do amazing stuff. What is uh, your Twitter handle? Because people need to be following you. And if they do follow you, send them a quick note. Let them know you came from one rental at a time so he knows his time is well worth spent here each week. Yeah, uh, they can find me at News Lambert on Twitter. Uh, and if you see anything interesting on Twitter, always feel free to tweet my handle into it and I'll take a look. Uh, and then also you can find my work by Googling uh, Lance Lambert Fortune and find my author page. Awesome. Thank you so much.